This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host, let's go out there and have a good day, all right, bud? Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. 11.02 here on WGR Sports Radio 550, and welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan, back live in studio this week. Hope you enjoyed the show last week that was uh, pre-recorded, but I thought it was pretty good. I enjoyed the interviews with Casey LaJoy, uh, Corey LaJoy and uh, Andy Lally, but hope you enjoyed the show last week. We're back here live, though, in studio and watching drama unfold here in the final laps of the Formula One race, the uh, Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Uh, right now, uh, Daniel Ricardo is leading with about three laps to go, but this race looked totally different. When I got into the studio, uh, Lewis Hamilton was leading, had over a two-second advantage over Sebastian Vettel, but Hamilton had to pit the, uh, the padding around the top of the, uh, the cockpit that kind of keeps his head in place and everything was coming out of the seat. And uh, they brought him down, they they changed that, sent him back out, which would have handed the league to Vettel, but then Vettel got a penalty for unsafe driving, got a 10-second penalty, so he had to come pit, down pit road. So that handed the lead to Daniel Ricciardo. Lance Stroll, the 18-year-old rookie from Canada, right now is second. That would be a career-best finish for that young man. And Valtteri Bodas, the other driver for uh, Mercedes, is right now third. Vettel and Hamilton have made it back up to fourth and fifth. Vettel is about 11 seconds back of Ricardo. Hamilton's about 12 seconds. But Vettel is trying to chase down Botas to at least get a podium finish. He is two seconds back of Botas with two laps to go. So uh, that's uh, on NBCSN right now. So we'll we'll keep you updated on how that one turns out. But Daniel Ricciardo trying to get the win for Red Bull right now. Uh, Kevin Magnussen also running seventh for a Haas F1 right now. He was he was top five, but he's kind of fallen back after Vettel and Hamilton came back through the field. But interesting stuff right now going on in Azerbaijan for uh, Formula One. Uh, coming up on today's show, of course, uh, NASCAR. They're also making left and right hand turns today, just like Formula One, because they're in Sonoma, California. For today's race, the uh, Toyota Save Mart 350, we'll hear it right here on WGR. Coverage starts at 2 o'clock today, I believe. 2 o'clock courtesy of our friends at the Performance Racing Network. Green flag just after 3 o'clock. Uh, Doug Rice, Mark Garrow, and our friends will uh, have the race call right here on WGR. We'll talk more NASCAR coming up in about 10 minutes with Nate Ryan from NBC Sports. Love talking to Nate. Always has great insight. We'll talk to Nate at quarter after. Also, the uh, Race of Champions Modified Series rolling back into Western New York after a two-week stint in the state of Pennsylvania for events at Lake Erie and Jennerstown Speedways. They will be at Lancaster Thursday night for the Old Boy Cup 60, the Bill Colt Memorial Race. And uh, Tyler Ripkema, one of the top young guns in the series, uh, looking for his first series win, but picked up a, a big win back in February uh, will join us hopefully at the bottom of the hour. But phone lines are open, 803-0551-888-552-550. Been a couple of weeks since we had a chance to talk to you, so uh, now would be a great time to get in, 803-0551-888-552-550. Also, you can send us a tweet. We are on Twitter at FastTrack550, 
and uh, Facebook.com slash WGR Fast Track. And it's a all Ganassi front row today in Sonoma. Kyle Larson, Jamie McMurray. Kyle Larson's hot streak continues. Won the poll last week in Michigan. Won the race, of course. His third win of the season. And he will be alongside his teammate, Jamie McMurray, on the front row for today's event at the uh, at the Sonoma Raceway. So it's an all-Ganassi front row. Row 2, Martin Truex and Kyle Busch. A.J. Allmendinger, no surprise, qualifying fifth. Always a strong uh, road racer. Real, it's more so at Watkins Glen, though. If you look back at Allmendinger's past, he's had some good qualifying runs at Sear, uh, almost at Sears Point at Sonoma, but... Doesn't have the finishes to go along with it, but he will start fifth today. Danica Patrick also uh, always uh, one to keep an eye for these road course, race, road course races with her background. She will roll off sixth today. Row four, it's the Young Guns, Ryan Blaney and Chase Elliott. They will start seventh and eighth. Chris Busher with a nice qualifying performance. I don't usually see him do super well on road courses. He will start ninth today as a team car to A.J. Allmendinger, which probably helped him out. And Dale Jr., in his final career start at Sonoma, will roll off 10th today in the 88 car. Other notable names in the starting lineup, Daniel Suarez, 11th, Kevin Harvick, 12th, Clint Boyer, Denny Hamlin, our 13th and 14th. Remember, Hamlin almost won this race last year until Tony Stewart, and he made contact on the final lap, allowed Stewart to get the win. Uh, Kurt Busch, also one of the best uh, road course races in the series, especially at Sonoma. You look back at the last, I was looking this up on Racing Reference this week, but out of the last, I think, five, six races at Sonoma, the driver with the best average finish is Kurt Busch, even though he starts 17th. Uh, might be a name you want for your fantasy team today. Uh, he starts 17th. Joey Logano starts 18th. Casey Kane 21st. Uh, Brad Keselowski, Jimmy Johnson are back in 23rd and 24th. Uh, driver by the name of Billy Johnson will be driving the 43 car today for Richard Petty. Billy is a uh, road course driver, uh, Asian-American road course driver. He will uh, take the reins of the 43 today from uh, Bubba Wallace, who drove it last week in Michigan. He starts 26th today. Uh, Matt Kenseth uh, had to change an engine, or excuse me, go to a backup car, and uh, he will start last today, 38th in the 20 car for Joe Gibbs Racing. And Daniel Ricciardo has just won the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, so Ricciardo gets the win. Botas actually got by Stroll to finish second, so Lance Stroll, the 18-year-old Canadian rookie, still, though, a career-best podium finish, his first-ever podium in F1. Finished third, though, but was running second. Vettel wound up fourth, Hamilton fifth. Uh, a cone for Force India was sixth, Magnuson seventh, then Carlos Sainz, Fernando Alonso, and Pascal Warline rounded out the top ten, so they are all done in Azerbaijan. But uh, Daniel Ricciardo got the win there for Team Red Bull. Sorry about that. Wanted to get that in there as I was watching him cross the uh, cross the start finish line. Um, back to uh, the NASCAR starting lineup uh, or today's race. Um, Kyle Larson coming off a course that uh, win last week in Michigan and now is uh, equal to uh, you know Jimmy Johnson for number of wins this season on the Cup Series side of things. Um, but the, what's interesting about this weekend is you know on top of everything going on um, at you know you've got the Cup cars all out in Sonoma, California. So you got back. Uh, you've got the Cup Series, or excuse me, the Truck Series and the Xfinity Series. They're both in action today as well, too. Or not today, but this weekend. They're at the Iowa Speedway, which, of course, is a you know a three-quarter, almost a mile short track in Iowa designed by um, 
designed by Rusty Wallace. So with all, but all the Cup guys out west, that made uh, last night's uh, Xfinity Series race and Friday night's Truck Series race, you know, kind of standalone events, not combination events with the Cup cars. So you had little or no Cup drivers involved in both races. Uh, this weekend, actually, I don't think any Cup drivers, uh, you know, were in either race. But it uh, always brings up a good conversation about the the standalone the standalone events for the truck and Xfinity series and the involvement with the Cup drivers. And NASCAR, you know, added more uh, rules this year to further limit the amount of starts drivers that. Uh, have more than five years' experience in the Cup Series, limiting how many starts they can make in the Truck and Cup Series. But at the on the grant, looking at the grand scheme of things, it hasn't had a huge impact on the results because uh, William Byron got the win in the Xfinity Series race last night, his first career win. Uh, you know, almost won the Truck Championship last year. Hendrick Motorsports hired him this year. Could be the heir apparent for uh, the eighty-eight or the five car for next season, depending on how things go. Uh, got his first Xfinity Series win, but he's only the third Xfinity Series regular to win a race this year. Out of the, I think it's 14 races, 11 races have been won by Cup regulars, and only three drivers that are Xfinity Series regulars have won races this year um, in the Xfinity Series. So it's still not, you know, making making it any better for the Xfinity Series regulars. You know, Justin Allgaier, Ryan Reed, and William Byron are the only three drivers that are Xfinity regulars that have won. Kyle Larson has won three races. Eric Jones has won two. And then you got Blaney, Logano, Keselowski, Almirola, Kyle Busch, and Denny Hamlin. Although Denny Hamlin's win that we found out recently, uh, his win a couple of weeks ago, I think it was at Pocono, his win is going to be encumbered. Not that it matters really for Denny because he's not running for the Xfinity Series championship. So it's not a huge impact, but they found his splitter to be too, I think it was too thin when he won the Xfinity Series race. So you've got a cup driver winning Xfinity Series race and then wound up being illegal on top of it. Not that it was Denny's fault. Um, you know, he, the, I'm sure the, the crew manufactured that, um, although you know, it's Joe Gibbs racing his team, you know, they manufactured that, that splitter piece too narrow, too thin to fit within the rules, although it was thin enough to apparently pass pre-race inspection. Uh, whatever happened to it during the race you know, made it at a width that it couldn't pass post-race inspection. So, again, this, I guess, is another thing. It's against the cup drivers running the Xfinity Series races. Um, you know, I know this is a hot topic with certain people that they don't like seeing the cup guys go down to spoil things for the Xfinity Series regulars or the Truck Series regulars. And it might be starting to get to a point, you know, I miss the days of, of the Bush series, you know, maybe 20, 25 years ago when it was its own series with its own identity, running at its own bunch of tracks. You know, they'd run a lot of the, the short tracks around the southeast that the cup cars wouldn't go to. You know, they would go to the South Bostons and the Hickories. Uh, they go to, to Louisville, Kentucky. They'd go, you know, they ran when Volusia was pavement, you know, 25 years ago. Volusia down in Florida, the dirt track that the World of Outlaws run on, run on during speed weeks, they'd run down there. You know, they'd run a lot of the, the short tracks around the, the southeast that you don't see. And in, in, in the truck series, they would go to Flemington and they'd go to Evergreen out in, in uh, Washington State. And, and, you know, they'd run uh, Topeka, the, the road course at Topeka, which is no longer open. Uh, the, you know, they'd run a bunch of unique tracks that the cup cars wouldn't go to. And uh, it was fun with those those series had their own identity. And uh, 
I don't want to see NASCAR completely abolish cup drivers from running Xfinity races or truck races because, um, A, I think it's still a great development for young guys. You know, I, I still think it's good for the Daniel Suarez's and Eric Jones's uh, like that to, to get some track time in the Xfinity series. That's fine. But do the do the Kyle Bushes and Denny Hamlins uh, and Brad Keselowski's and maybe even Joey Logano's, you know, do they need to uh, continue to run uh, you know, Xfinity and truck races, uh, or can you further limit how many starts they have? The other part of that problem is, though, is if you start to do that, you can screw up things for the Xfinity and truck series teams because a lot of times their sponsorship packages, especially if you look at a team like JR Motorsports that Dale Earnhardt Jr. owns, their sponsor deals are tied in with getting those cup guys to drive their cars. Even if it's just one or two races, the sponsor will sign up for a package where it say they run, they'll, they'll be on the car for nine, ten races, but Dale Jr.'s got to drive one of those races, and Dale Jr.'s got to make appearances on behalf of that sponsor. If that sponsor knows that they can't get Dale Jr. to drive the car in the Xfinity Series anymore, they're not going to sponsor. They don't care about, uh, you know, Justin Allgaier or, um, you know, Alex Bowman or whoever. They don't, they want Dale Jr. associated with their brain, even if it's for one race. So that's kind of the double edged sword here with limiting cup drivers in the lower series and on top of that you know you've got Kyle Busch who owns the truck team he fields three four trucks Kyle Busch I think has pretty much admitted in the past that if he's not allowed to race in the truck series KBM's going out the door it's they'll shut it down because he's not gonna field truck teams if, if he can't get to drive them a few times this year so it's really a double-edged sword but I I hope that the uh the truck and Xfinity races got the support um you know, when the TV ratings come out, that people tune in to watch the, those standalone races this weekend, even without the Cup drivers, because they're unique events and they're fun. And I, I wish, I wish both series would have those unique identities that they've had in the past. I mean, the Truck Series now is even—you don't—you have gotten away from the the good days of the Hornadays and the Sprague's, uh, the Joe Rutmans of the world battling it out. You know, it's a bunch of young guys that you've never heard of, and it it's hard to to want to follow along a series that you you have a hard time identifi- identifying with some of the competitors. With that, let's go to the AT and T hotline and bring in from NBC Sports one of our favorite guests here on the show. Nate Ryan joins us once again. Nate's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Good morning, great to talk to you again, my friend. Great to talk to you as well, Dave. Thanks for having me back. Uh, well, what did you think about the the racing at Iowa this weekend? I was kind of you know getting on that old. Uh, beaten horse about cup drivers and uh, running the Xfinity and truck series. It's great when they get a weekend like this to be in the spotlight. Yeah, it's certainly jarring, Dave. I mean, I'll be the first to admit when FS1 went through all the top five interviews last night in the Xfinity race, I didn't recognize a lot of those guys. <laughs> I don't see a lot of Dakota Armstrong. So when he popped up on my TV screen, I, I, I'll fully admit, like, I, I mean, I covered the series and have covered NASCAR for a long time. And uh, there are a lot of the guys in the Xfinity series who I probably couldn't pick out of a lineup because I just I don't see them often enough. I don't, uh, I'm not around that much to be able to, to, to see those guys on a regular basis. And they just, unfortunately, uh, the amount of exposure you get, I say unfortunately, but really this is the way it should work. It's merit-based. I mean, the amount of exposure you get is, is really inextricably linked to how many times you come in the media center. And those visits are determined by how often you qualify well or finish in the top five. Yeah. For the most part, you know, when you have an Xfinity companion race, it's almost invariably going to be cup guys. And unfortunately, that I think that hurts the identity of the series. But for the reasons you just ticked off, I think it's also a necessary evil to, to some regard. 
Do you they you know they continue to limit some of the cup drivers this year, especially with those that have more than five years experience? Are you are you okay with how the rules are, or would you like to see those you know veteran cup drivers, those former champ, cup champions like uh, Kyle Busch or Brad Keselowski? Do you think they should be further restricted with how many races they can run? I, I think you explained it really well there, Dave. I mean, if the problem with further restricting Brad Keselowski and Kyle Busch from competing is then you're tampering with the fortunes and and the you know the the betterment I guess of two guys who are seriously invested in the truck series not just with sponsor money but with you know millions of dollars of their own money I mean Brad Keselowski fields two trucks a year and mm. he told Dustin Log at NBCSports.com that he he loses seven figures annually and so a lot of that is just his largesse is his the, the altruism of Kyle Busch and Brad Keselowski giving back. I mean, a lot of people want to bitch and, and moan about like the fact that those guys drop down into those lower series and, and take wins away. But there's a lot of guys who wouldn't be racing in those series <laughs> who raced last night who probably wouldn't have had the opportunity if not for a Kyle Busch or Brad Kozlowski. I mean, Christopher, Be- Christopher Bell, his development largely has come through Kyle Busch Motorsports. And Brad Kozlowski, I mean, you look at Tyler, Tyler Reddick, who ran well in that race last night. He was racing a truck for BKR uh, before the season. So th- there's a lot of examples of those guys giving back and and yes maybe what they take away in terms of running in those series as cup guys dropping down they might take some wins away from people but i would argue they they give far more back to the series and and what they do as team owners nate let's turn our attention to today's race at sonoma uh, an all ganassi front row today with this will be our first road course under the stage racing format how crazy do you think the strategies are going to get this afternoon out there in wine country with the teams trying to run the race backwards and trying to use those uh stage cautions to kind of plan out when they're going to come down pit road right well my hope dave always is that it gets very crazy (laughs) normally does at road courses the last 10 years these have become in my mind the the new short tracks sonoma and Watkins line really produce some of the most unpredictable and enthralling racing that you're going to see in nascar's premier series I think, though, the stages throw a huge curveball into the stage, as you know, because today there are 25, stage, 25 lap stages for one and two, mm. and then the third stage is 60 laps, and 25 laps is, is shorter than a fuel run. So as you mentioned, you know, typically the way these things work is crew chiefs count backwards and try to figure out exactly when the fuel window opens, and that's when you want to start pitting. You want to try to limit yourself. It's like a Formula One race. You want to limit yourself to like a two-stop, two-stop strategy, although there's there's some guys like Dale Jr. with Steve Wittart, his last race with, as Dale Jr.'s crew chief three years ago, he went with a five-stop strategy, and Dale Jr. finished third in that race, his career best at Sonoma. So with, with the way the stages break down this year, Dave, with having essentially two guaranteed cautions, it might throw, it might, I think it will throw a huge wrinkle into how these races are called. I hope it still lends itself to the same unpredictability. I would love to see somebody win like on a five-stop strategy, somebody get extremely <laughs> aggressive. I don't know if that will happen, but I think it certainly bears watching here today. Is uh, A.J. Allmendinger, everybody you know knows about his success on the road courses, but it's more so on Watkins Glen than, than Sonoma. He's got some good qualifying efforts in his career at, at Sonoma, but he doesn't get the finishes. Starts fifth today. Uh, do you think he can uh, kind of maybe be, be the spoiler today like he was at Watkins Glen a couple of years, a couple of years ago, uh, back in 2014? Do you think uh, he... Uh, steals a win here this afternoon and punches his way into the chase to become the 10th different driver to, to get a chase spot today. I, I don't think so, Dave, and I think you hit on the reason why. I, when I looked at A.J. Allmendinger's record, I, I was surprised he is much stronger 
at the Glen than he is at Sonoma. And, and you're right, he tends to start well at Sonoma, but the finishes haven't been there, and they haven't really been there for that team this year. Of course, JTG Doherty Racing expanded to a second car with Chris Busher this year. I don't know if that's hurt them a little bit and mm-hmm. how much focus they've been able to put on Almendinger's number 47 Chevrolet. But, I, I, you know, I think he could be a factor. I mean, you mentioned starting fifth. That's good. But I just think that there's so many other guys you have to watch today, starting with, as you mentioned, the Ganassi Chevrolets, Kyle Busch. Uh, Denny Hamlin shouldn't be counted out. He didn't qualify well, but he could have swept the road course races last year, second well, win at Watkins Glen. Uh, the Penske cars, Logano, I think, has three top fives on road courses. Keselowski is always strong there, although he hasn't won. So I, I would, I think there's a lot of other guys. There's a half dozen other drivers you can keep your eye on that Almendinger would have to contend with if he wants to pull off an, an upset. Uh, Nate, one other thing I wanted to talk to you about this morning is about debris cautions. And you had a piece this week on NBC Sports kind of tracking the history uh, over the since the, the turn of the century pretty much on uh, debris cautions and their frequency in NASCAR and the Cup Series especially. And last week, this has obviously been a hot topic this week because of the one we got at Michigan last week and the comments of Tony Stewart on Twitter. And you even had some candid, com- com- candid words from Dale Jr. on his podcast this week. And, uh, it, again, it, it's, it seems like that, um, you know, especially when, when the TV viewers at home don't see the debris, it really kind of fires up this conversation with NASCAR trying to, to throw these cautions in to just spice things up. Yeah, it's understandable, Dave. And the, the way I position the debris caution trend is the way NASCAR explains it, which is that they err on the side of safety. So even when... There's no debris to be found. NASCAR's contention always will be, well, we thought there was a possibility that drivers were at risk. So, again, we're always going to err on the side of safety. If the debris wasn't there or if it gets knocked away for some reason, it it was still, in their mind, they still view it as a valid reason for throwing a a yellow. Mm. They always feel like safety is a valid reason. And my problem with that, and I think what Tony Stewart and Dale Jr. have said, is it, 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 it creates an air of... I think orchestration, yep. it happens late in the race, and especially now when you have two guaranteed cautions because of the stages. I, stages in, in effective, they're almost de facto debris cautions <laughs> in and of themselves. I mean, they, they last you know, four to six laps under yellow. You can clean the track during that time. And I think NASCAR has to ask some hard questions about, well, I, I appreciate their, their safety initiatives, and their commitment to trying to avoid danger on the track. I also think you know, racing is inherently dangerous sport, and I think that when you look at the, the way things were officiated in the 54 years prior to the, the start of the debris caution era, I, I don't think you saw a lot of people getting hurt or you know, potentially guys were, would cut tires or flat tires if they ran over things, and then they're going to hit the wall, and, and God knows what can happen then. But for the most part, I, I think we can say that you know, when debris yellows weren't thrown that often, I don't know if it was noticeable. And mm-hmm. I, I think I, I think for drivers to challenge that notion and to ask, hey, in this era when we're we're going to have two guaranteed cautions per race already, why do we need another caution just in case there might be something on the track? I think it's a valid question to ask, and I you know I hope it's something that, that gets some consideration from NASCAR as they continue to look at officiating races. Nate, it's a uh, big week coming up for NBC and your your colleagues at NBC Sports. You guys take over the broadcasting of the Cup and Xfinity Series this week at Daytona. Uh, what can race fans look forward to both on TV and uh, on their Internet devices? 
Yeah, I really appreciate the uh, opportunity to promote that, Dave. Well, first of all, uh, as you mentioned, you know, we do take over uh, the broadcasting on NBC. So uh, Xfinity Racing Friday night and Saturday night, the big Coke 0400, 7.30 p.m. on NBC. Uh, Dave, that Dale Earnhardt Jr. going for what we think will be his last attempt at trying to win the July race at Daytona. <laughs> Sounds like he, he could come back for the Daytona 500, but we have been doing it as Dale's last shot at Daytona. <laughs> or another, I think you can look at it that way. Uh, in terms of uh, other stuff we've got coming this week, um, we've got the NASCAR NBC podcast. We'll have a couple of special episodes, Dave. Uh, Otto Bolden uh, came on the podcast last week. He is normally a track and field analyst. We'll be working on four NASCAR races this year for NASCAR NBC starting at Daytona. I talked to Otto last week in Charlotte. That podcast will be available tomorrow. I think you'll really enjoy his insight and the perspective that he's going to provide on NASCAR. He's someone who's completely new to the sport but really has uh, an informed view and uh, of, of sports in general and, and a real enthusiasm for learning as much as you can about NASCAR. So stay tuned for some special features from him this week uh, on NASCAR NBC. And then we'll also have a pit crew podcast uh, talking with four members of the number uh, 20 Toyota crew of Matt Kenseth uh, about what they do during pit stops. That first time we've attempted long form on the NASCAR and NBC podcast, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think it should be good. That should be out by uh, Wednesday or so. Those are great. I enjoy listening to your podcast, and I enjoy talking to you here on Fast Track. Nate, as always, appreciate the time and your insight. Uh, enjoy the race today, and hopefully we'll talk again soon. Same to you as well, Dave. Always a pleasure. Thanks yep. for having me. All right, Nate Ryan from NBC Sports, and again, NBC takes over the NASCAR broadcasting uh, next weekend at Daytona, as Nate said, with the Cup and Xfinity Series. When we get back, we'll uh, turn things over to uh, some local racing. We'll talk to Tyler Ripkema from the Race of Champions Modified Series as he gets ready to return to the Lancaster Speedway on Thursday night. That and more, we get back here on Fast Track on WGR. Hi, this is Ryan Blaney, driving number 21, Motocraft Quicklane Ford. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. Ryan Blaney, of course, got his first career Cup Series win at Pocono a couple of weeks ago. And uh, Blaney, uh, when he got to California, they took him out there to uh, to, to uh, the LucasArts uh, complex. And he's, of course, a big Star Wars fan. He's got a, a racing helmet that kind of looks like a Stormtrooper helmet. So if you follow NASCAR and Snapchat, I'm sure you got the chance to see that. But uh, he was seeing that. And I believe Pixar as well, too, of course, with the big Cars 3 movie out. Uh, and all, all the NASCAR tie-ins, Ryan Blaney does one of the voices, you know, Bubba Wallace, Daryl Waltrip, you know, there's a lot of NASCAR, Shannon Spakes in there a lot, there's a lot of NASCAR voices in that Cars 3 movie, so there's been a lot of collaboration between NASCAR and the folks from Pixar on that movie, uh, and actually John Lasseter and a lot of the folks from Pixar are supposed to be at the race today. Uh, lots of racing going on. Of course, we talk about Formula One, Azerbaijan, that got wrapped up this morning. IndyCar is in Wisconsin, they're in Road America this weekend. And a clean sweep for Penske in qualifying. All four cars took the top four spots in qualifying. Castroneves, Power, Newgarden, Ben Pagino were the top four. Then you got Scott Dixon, fifth. Graham Rahal, sixth. Max Chilton, seventh. Marco Andretti, eighth. Hinchcliffe and Charlie Kimball rounded out the top ten in qualifying for IndyCar today at Road America. Uh, NHRA is uh, not far from us here in West New York. They're over in Norwalk, Ohio. I, I pr- that's pretty much the, about as close as they get these days for national events. And uh, Matt Hagen, your number one f- qualifier in Funny Car. Doug Kalitta, top qualifier in Top Fuel. Greg Anderson in Pro Stock. And uh, I'm sure there's uh, a handful of uh, local racers in some of the uh, the sportsman division as well, too. Especially with uh, Lancaster off this week. Get, I'm sure a, a little bit of... Uh, the uh, the some of the local drivers from Lancaster and uh, New York International uh, made the trip over to Norwalk as well too. Uh, let's go to line one. Andrew is on the line. Andrew, good morning. Oh, good morning. How are you? Doing well. What's up, Andrew? 
Well, I'm just giving a, a call. Uh, I'm driving for Stevenson Motorsports uh, this weekend at the Six Hours of the Glen, so I'm just giving a call to, uh, to chat with you. Oh, okay. Uh, JJ never touched base with me this week, so I apologize, Andrew. Uh, I'm completely un- unprepared for this. Uh, which oh, it's okay. Well, hey, I was just uh, it was a good thing to, to grab you and just say I hope uh, you know some people can come out there. You know, we got a big event at uh, the Six Hours of Watkins Glen, a historic event, lots of uh, great racing going on, and uh, I'll be driving in the Stevenson Motorsports Audi R8. So anybody that's in the area should come out there and check it out. Uh, is that in uh, Daytona? Is that in the prototypes, or is that in one of the GT classes? It's in the GT Daytona category. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's GT cars, prototypes, all sorts of stuff. So. Uh, so, yeah, that's good. Well, hopefully everybody will be able to come out there and check out some of the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship action. Yeah, we've uh, we've been talking to uh, – we talked to Andy Lally last week, uh, so you'll be you're racing head-to-head with him. Of course, he's in the Acura. But uh, w- what do you think of the Glen since the repave, Andrew? Uh, I talked to a lot of drivers, and everybody seems to just love how grippy and how, how much faster the course has gotten since the repave. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, they did a really, really uh, fantastic job with the paving, and we were one of the first groups out there on it last year. And uh, it still had great grip, and a lot of times it takes a year or so for the pavement to cure and really uh, provide the, the the surface grip that we need. But uh, you know, we tested there earlier in May, and I mean, the tra- it's it's magical at this point in time. To be honest with you, the grip levels are super high. It's very smooth. It's very fast. You'll see new track records. Uh, you know, for anybody that's going to be racing there in the next year or so, uh, certainly for all the IMSA categories, we'll be below our track records from before. And then also, you know, when the when the NASCAR boys get there as well, I'm sure you'll see even lower records. So, uh, you know, kudos to Watkins Glen for, for the paving job and also just for everything they do to try and make the facility better and stronger. And it's a, it's really just an amazing circuit and certainly, you know, one of our best here in the United States, but one of the best in the world, in my opinion. Uh, how's your season been going so far with uh, the Stevenson gang? Yeah, we've been okay. You know, we've we've really it's been a lot of missed opportunities. Uh, you know, this is our second year with the uh, with the Audi R8. Uh, it's a great car, and you know, we've we're very fast and always very competitive. But just had a few little things that have that have stopped us from from standing on top of that podium. We uh, we finished fourth in the 24 hours of Daytona, uh, which really we had a mistake free run. There was just a few other cars that had uh, had some great runs as well. So you know, we were we left Daytona happy with our performance, even though we just missed our podium. At Sebring, there was a couple penalties that knocked us back, but we had pace at the end of the race. At Long Beach, we probably had the fastest car and should have won, but we had a, uh, a fuel leak at the beginning on the grid, and uh, as the guys were working to try and get it repaired, uh, a wire had gotten hit, and we had a short, an electrical short, which caused our car to stall and not restart at the pit stop, which was too bad. And then uh, at uh, Circuit of the Americas, we weren't very competitive, but, uh, you know, in the IMSA series, they do a balance of performance and try and get all the cars, the different manufacturers, as equal as possible. And we had a small adjustment from that point and had a really good run at Detroit up until another mechanical failure knocked us out. When we were Actually, I was battling Andy Lally for the, <laughs> the lead of that race, and they ended up going on to win, but we had an actual failure. So we just had you know, missed opportunities and, and, and bad luck. So we're looking to turn that around and get back to our winning ways at Stevenson. You mentioned Coda uh, there in Austin. Uh, h- how different of a course is that, say, compared to Watkins Glen? I, I have, I've watched a little bit of the Formula One races there over the years. Didn't get it, have any chance to see any IMSA action there. But, but how different uh, of a facility is, obviously, in the newness, but just the, the layout and everything compared to Watkins Glen? Well, you know, they are very different tracks. I mean, Coda is, is this, uh, you know, is the new kind of style Formula One track uh, built by a man named Herman Tilke. Uh, you know, it's it's great track. It's a lot of fun. There's tons of runoff. Um, you know, there's some some parts of it are 
are very technical. Some parts of it are very fast and, and uh, you know, take a, you know, a good setup and a, and a proper driver to, to really nail all the bits and pieces of Coda. But, you know, for me, uh, you know, I, I gravitate towards the tracks like Watkins Glen. Mm. I grew up at Road Atlanta. So that's the type of track I like, and Watkins Glen is very similar. You know, you have your kind of old school flowing, you know, really it, the, the track is part of the elevation and the topography of the landscape. So, you know, you really get this track that's just a one of a kind, and that's, that's the tracks I gravitate. So for me, I'll still, you know, I'll take those blue armcos right up <laughs> on the edge of uh, each side of the track, and, and uh, some of those you know, rolling hills and massive elevation changes is what I really love about a racetrack. So for me, Watkins Glen really ticks all the boxes on the type of track I like. Although these new Formula One style tracks, you know, they're certainly a little bit safer as far as runoff areas and things like that. And, and still provide some great areas to pass and some close racing. So, you know, I kind of take the best out of each track we go to. And the great thing about the IMSA WeatherTech series is that we hit up so many different types of tracks. Mm-hmm. Done now with our street circuits where we ran Long Beach and Detroit, which is a tremendous amount of fun. Uh, of course, we run at Daytona up on the high bank. Yeah. And, uh, then we have our natural street circuit or, or, or road courses as well. So great series. Hey, Andrew, again, I apologize for not being prepared. I got, I had no indication you were joining us this morning. Uh, thank you so much for, for calling in, and uh, best of luck next weekend at Watkins Glen. I really appreciate you checking in with us. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. I'll, uh, I'll talk to my, uh, my uh, PR crew and tell them that uh, you know, some, something got lost there in the connection. But still great to talk to you, and thanks for doing what you do. And, and uh, yeah, have me on any time. I'm always happy to talk to you guys. All right, Andrew, good luck next weekend, as I said. Take care. Thanks a lot. All right, Andrew Davis from the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Again, he drives in the GT Daytona division for Stevenson Racing, drives an Audi for them. Uh, he'll be in action next week at Watkins Glen, and I apologize for being uh, completely unprofessional this morning and not being prepared for that interview. Luckily, I am prepared for the next interview. Uh, we'll switch lines here on the AT&T hotline and bring in from the Race of Champions Modified Series a young man out of the Wego, New York area. Tyler Ripkema is on the line. Tyler, how's it going? Good. How about yourself? Doing well. Uh, got a big race coming up Thursday night at Lancaster, Tyler. And uh, real quick, just uh, how's your season been going so far with you and your family with the 32 team? I mean, it's, we've been taking all the right steps to do what we have to do to pull out a win. We just haven't quite gotten the uh, scenarios that we need to. But, uh, I mean, going into Lake Erie Speedway, I mean, we were saving as much as we possibly could, banking on some late race cautions, and we just didn't get the cautions. Um, and uh, Spencer Seabay had a good run, just ended up getting going to the back on a caution. And uh, I mean, we just haven't quite got the lucky breaks that we need, but uh, you know, we're still doing all right. It's, it was interesting after the way the Spencer race, you had, you know, went the first half of the race caution free, and then we kind of had all those cautions in the middle of the race. Lake Erie and Jennerstown were nothing like that. They just had long stretches of green flag runs, and I think a, it threw a lot of drivers for a loop. It, everybody kind of anticipated there being a few more cautions than there really were. Yeah, they had these last couple of races. It seems like, it seems like, especially on these races where you don't get a tire, that everybody just seems like they ride so much, and then. When it's time to go, everybody turns up at the same time, and they just go. So you don't get a whole lot of the comers and goers, really. And, and um, you know, that's, that's just something that you have to take into consideration and just change your driving style a little bit, maybe go a little earlier and and uh, then say what you can. But, uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's been a little different. Um, hopefully uh, that we can get some some better races in, but uh, it should be all right. It should be all right. 
Well, you had to Lancaster Thursday night for the Old Boy Cup 60. You got a, a sixth-place finish back at, back in April at Lancaster. Where does that, that track rank for you uh, on, on the ROC series? Yeah, I've actually, for the most part, have had pretty good luck at Lancaster. I mean, I've led quite a few laps there. I've been in the top five, had some really good runs. I think last year on this Thursday race, I started like 16th or something like that and drove up to drove toward the front, you know, um, <clears throat> Lancaster is definitely a track I like. It's a lot of fun. It definitely seems like you can pass there pretty easily if you have to. Um, but no, Lancaster is a fun track. I'm looking forward to it. And it turns out you're going to have some extra competition. Of course, you have you know plenty of, of strong competitors in the ROC series. Patrick Emerling, Matt Hirschman, Mike Leedy, uh, you know, Brian Sherwood, you race against a lot of great competitors, but it sounds like Ted Christopher is going to be there on Thursday night too. I'm sure that'll add a little more fun to, to the race with having TC in the field. Oh, yeah, obviously TC is probably one of the best modified drivers to date in the air. I mean, in uh, in the Northeast, he's won a ton of races at a ton of different tracks, and he, he's definitely uh, some good competition. It's been a while since I think he's raced at Lancaster competitively. I mean, he ran here last year a couple times or whatever, but uh, but um, definitely not somebody to write out. I think if he's putting his own, his own setup in the car, doing whatever he wants in the car, I think that'll definitely be a competitive car. Well, we tried to get you on earlier this year, back in February, of course, because you got that big win at New Smyrna, and I, I know it's been a few months since then, but still, uh, that had to be a great accomplishment, getting a win at New Smyrna during Speed Weeks against a top-level field of Modifieds. Yeah, going to Speed Weeks, I mean, we went, we went there uh, last year and then the year before, so we've gone two years now, but... Uh, um, you know, the year before, we just took our old car down, just basically the vacation, weren't really expecting much, and ran halfway decent, you know, led, led to my first lap ever in a feature down there, and then this year we said, ah, are we going to go, or are you not going to go, we decided to go, and we took our new car down, and we're definitely a lot more prepared for it, and, uh, you know, we pulled off that win, that was definitely probably a big upset win, but uh, it felt good to go down there and be uh, competitive with against the uh, against the best of the business down there. I mean, shy of Doug Toby, say just about anybody if anybody was there. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, that was really cool to go down there and be competitive. Um, you know, we had issues with keeping the car together. That was probably our biggest problem. But uh, if we could have kept it together, we should have been able to have a lot more, a lot better of a season down there. Well, I know a lot myself, and I'm sure a lot of other people this in this neck of the woods were, were cheering, watching online to see you win that race. It was great to see, and uh, best of luck on Thursday night at Lancaster and the rest of the season with the Race of Champions Modified Series. Thanks for the time. Hey, thank you very much, Dave. All right, Tyler Ripkema from the Race of Champions Modified Series. Again, they'll be racing at Lancaster Speedway Thursday night, seven o'clock. The Old Boy Cup sixty, and uh, Tyler, Pat, Patrick Emmeling, Matt Hirschman, Mike Leedy, all the big stars, but also Ted Christopher just confirmed this morning. Uh, with the Race of Champions Modified Series, folks, Teddy Christopher will be in the field. I believe he'll be driving the uh, the seven NY car for uh, Hotic Racing uh, this week, uh, this Thursday night at Lancaster. So, hope you had a ch- get a chance to check that out. When we get back. We'll uh, hit the local racing roundup, catch up on some of the results, and uh, squeeze in a few more phone calls to eight zero three zero five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. You never know who will call in. <laughs> so, we found out this segment, and uh, we'll wrap up fast track when we get back here on WGR. 
Hey, Rays fans, it's Dave Buchanan from my friends at Batavia Downs. Uh, Batavia Downs Gaming is, of course, the area's premier entertainment destination. They've got over 800 of the hottest and in-demand video game machines. They're adding new ones all the time. And not only can you go to Batavia Downs, play the video games, check out the live harness racing, the great restaurants, and you can even stay at the new hotel there at Batavia Downs Gaming. Uh, of course, my favorite part of Batavia Downs is 34 Rush, Thurman Thomas' sports bar right inside Batavia Downs Gaming. We've been there a couple of times now. Uh, tons of HD TVs, you know, all your favorite sports, basketball, hockey, baseball, whatever's on. Horse racing, of course, you can place live wagers there from inside Batavia Downs and uh, grab yourself a bite to eat, too, because the food is delicious. Batavia Downs Gaming, they're open every day, 8 a.m. until 4 a.m. They're right off the thruway, exit 48. You can't miss it. And for more information, be sure to follow Batavia Downs Gaming on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date information on all their promotions and discover why Batavia Downs Gaming is the area's premier entertainment destination and tell them you heard about them right here on Fast Track. Let's find out who visited Victory Lane this weekend. It's time for the local racing roundup on WGR's Fast Track. Well, Friday was pretty much a washout. Luckily, a couple of the tracks were off anyway. Uh, Lancaster was off. The Dragway was off for the car show this weekend. And Freedom Raceway was off, so it didn't affect them. But Ransomville did get rained out. They'll be in action tomorrow night at 7.15. Full card of racing plus a dollar hot dogs uh, to make up for some of the rainouts they had earlier this season. Saturday action, though, a couple of tracks had to kind of squeeze their programs in because of the rain showers that were around. But Holland Speedway got their show in, and Patrick Emerling picked up the win in the Pro Modifieds over Tommy and Amy Catalano. Nick Welshins, another Chargers win for him. Dave Wallaber had a big flip at Holland last week, bounced back and won the NYPA TQ Midget feature. Josh Shosick getting the win in the Hornets, old Billy Joe Bob. Uh, Anthony Reforgiato in the Legends, Marty Hughes in the figure eights. Genesee Speedway also had a bit of a rain delay, but they got their show in. J.J. Mazur getting the win in the crate late models. Kyle Inman in the Sportsman over Greg Martin and Andrew Smith. Brian Katarski in the 360 late models. Mike Jackson in the street stocks. Brad Shepard in the mini socks. And Jessica Traxler got the win in the Bandits. Wyoming County International Speedway last night. Tim Farrow got the six-cylinder win. Paul Fly another win in the four-cylinders. Dave Krawczyk again in the Superstocks. Who else? And Chris Finichero got the win in the SST Modifieds over Daniel Majak and Kevin Lewis. State Line Speedway last night. They had a huge show with the, the sprint cars last night and that the Patriot Sprints, and that was won by Jared Zimbardi. They also had the BRP Modified Series, and Eric Rudolph got the win there. Dennis Lunger got his seventh win in a row in the Rush Pro Modifieds. Uh, Joel Watson in the E-Mods, Jim Kibbe in the Super Sportsman, and Les Myers won the uh, vintage car race there at the State Line Speedway last night. Also, uh, Merrittville Speedway yesterday evening, it was Cole Hardy in the mini stocks, his first win. Dave Bailey got Hoosier Stock win number six. Greg Penante, his second win of the year in the Modifieds. And Dylan Westbrook got the ESS Sprint Car feature win over Ryan Susie and uh, Jason Barney last night there at the Merrittville Speedway. If you're looking for action tonight, uh, Humberstone is uh, racing at 630 and also, the Weed Sports Speedway has got a wingless sprint car race. You don't get many of those in this neck of the woods. So if you want to make the trek over to the Weed Sports, Weed Sports Speedway, hopefully they'll get a show in. They've been rained out every race of this year, unfortunately. So they're still looking to get their first race of the season in. Uh, just going back to Humberstone, they've got uh, sprint cars tonight, uh, crate sprint cars, along with their regular divisions, and the Minivans of Mayhem series. I have no idea what that is about, but it just sounds cool. Mini Minivans of Mayhem. Uh, that'll do it. Uh, this is a huge week for local racing. The end of June, uh, 4th of July weekend. A uh, lot of special races throughout the region. Uh, check your favorite track schedule. 
for what's coming up. Like I said, you can start tomorrow night at Ransomville, Thursday at Lancaster, uh, Canada Day, and Fourth of July weekend. There'll be lots of big races around. Uh, a lot of local tracks have fireworks, so if you, you don't get out to the local tracks often, you just want to see some fireworks, too, uh, it's a great opportunity as well. Uh, just hit up your local track and uh, have a great time with the family. Uh, get, don't forget, we'll have the NASCAR race here on WGR coming up at 2 o'clock this afternoon. Pre-race coverage from the Performance Racing Network, uh, Green Flag, just after 3 this afternoon. So uh, lots of racing action uh, on the TV as well, too, with IndyCar and NHRA. We'll try and stay on top of it. Uh, be sure to hit us up on social media during the race today and during the week. And we'll talk to you next Sunday here on WGR Sports Radio 550. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.